Remember back when you were in high school and you were supposed to make these huge life decisions about where to go and what to do with your life, but you actually had no clue yet. Yeah, and it wasn't just about where to go to college or what to do for work. All those questions were actually about who you are and who you want to be. Well, what if there was a way for students in high school to get clear about all those big questions in life, about their identity, their purpose, and their core relationships? Welcome to the Musical Podcast, where we believe inside of everyone is a great story waiting to be told. It's live, time. Actually. It's time. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Musical Podcast. Scott Schimmel here, and uh, I'm excited to have Matt Bishop on the, uh, on the podcast today. Matt and I are, I don't know, I'd call you a friend, so I don't know if you would to me. Um, we're certainly yeah, friendly. Why not? I'm a, very I'm late. Friend. <laughs> friendly. I don't need it anymore, actually. I'm not, <laughs> but I still call you a friend. Uh, Matt and I are connected through good friends i think that's a part of it when when i have really close friends that also are close friends with you it's kind of that uh friendship by association so i feel like i know you and i don't um but the reason i wanted you to be on the podcast today is uh is for a few reasons but this episode is predominantly around student anxiety and and anybody that works with kids anybody that has kids knows or anybody reads the newspaper knows that uh, student anxiety is a big deal these days and there are so many reasons why. Uh, there's so many, I guess, there's so many people that say they know why. Is it cell phones? Is it generational parenting? Uh, is it stress and trauma? There's all these different viewpoints. And so I wanted to have, uh, uh, with all humility, an expert on this uh, podcast to talk about student anxiety from a high level. And then very specifically towards the end of this conversation, I'm going to be asking Matt about how do you, how do you deal with it as an adult who works with kids? How do you how do you help a kid who is having an anxious moment or is in an anxious season? How do you really come alongside that student? So listen up as we go into the, um, at the end of this episode. Um, so Matt, tell us about you and what the heck you're doing and uh, just a little context for who you are. Yeah, well, first, thanks for having me. I'm obviously very excited to be here and get this opportunity to talk to your listeners. Um, so I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, I have a private practice in uh, Mission Hills down in San Diego. Um, I work uh, with all types of populations, but one of my favorite populations for sure is to work with teenagers and young adults. I, I actually love working with teenagers, which is not a very common thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on licensed mental health professionals. Um, uh-huh. And uh, there's a couple of reasons for that. Of course, when you see teenagers, you don't just see them, but you've talked with a lot of parents and navigating um, what they want for their kids versus mm. what I see in the office. Um, there's just a lot more legality that goes into it. Um, but for, in my experience, they're also just a lot more fun. Uh, I mm. find that teenagers, um, they just don't abide by the same social constructs that adults do, or I'd say they just haven't integrated that into their framework of the world. Okay. And so- What do you mean um, by that? What does that mean? Well, I mean, just, um, you know, they're, they're still figuring out uh, what proper etiquette is, right? And yeah. so- um, so they don't mind, uh, or it, it's not intuitive to them what is appropriate or not appropriate to say, or uh-huh. um, or uh, a way to describe something. Or you know, I had yes. a I had a I had a client look at me the other day, and he used some slang word, and he just goes, "Okay, I get you're old, so I will explain this." To you. <laughs> and it's like I just love that forthrightness and that honesty, yes. and yes. Um, 
you know, and, and the descriptive, I think, in, you know, today's culture, there's a lot of kind of um, language monitoring, rightfully yeah. so, in a lot of yeah. ways, but uh, in, in a really beautifully honest way, I think yeah. leaders don't necessarily abide by those same rules, which is no. really refreshing. Um, yeah. And I, I'm surprised. I was talking to a friend last night. He and I both have middle school boys. And so, uh, and I, when I work with teenagers all the time, but I, I'm surprised lately uh, how shocked I am when I hear teenage boys, particularly, use words that I haven't heard in a long time because as an adult, like you said, like I've stopped using those terms or my friends don't use those terms, but they're using the same terms and phrases to uh, deride each other as perhaps I did with my friends 25 years ago. And so I'm like, whoa, that's still a phrase. And, and then the other part of me is like, you can't say that, dude. <laughs> like that's, people get sued for that stuff now. Uh, but yeah. there's the point, there's this like refreshing, there's a refreshing part of that. It, uh, I choose to have that lens as well towards them. This is just refreshing. Sure. Yes. Yeah. And I think like what, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 32, I'm an adult, but I'm, 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 I'm young enough to relate to them. Mm -hmm. on a level in which I feel like can be really helpful to kind of corral them into healthy social etiquette at times. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I do that primarily. I, I actually, I, I don't know if this will make my way to any of my clients, but I actually laugh at my clients a lot <laughs> and really just in like a, Oh my God, you did that. And usually that's yeah. how I'll start most things out when they first come in, you know, if they're in trouble, like, you know, let's say, I like, okay, dude, what, what'd you do? How'd you yeah. get in my yeah, office? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was after curfew. I stole my mom's car. I'm like, you did what? Like, what were you thinking? Um, it it kind of shatters that image that they may potentially have of looking at me as a parent or a teacher or a principal or an authoritative mm -hmm. figure. And it you know, allows me to kind of relate to them. Yeah. Um, on a level. And at the same time, mm -hmm. say, what were you thinking? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a better way for you to behave and live. That yes. That you yeah. Yeah. Well, let's think about this. Yeah. Differently. Right. Yeah. yeah. What, when you think about student anxiety, you know, that's a big topic. What, what would you say? What are the things that you find coming out of your mouth as you talk to parents? Like what, what are, what are the, some of the causes that you're seeing? Sure. I mean, I think, you know, you, there's a conglomeration, right? It's kind mm -hmm. of a perfect storm of so many different variables. And so um, of course, like increased screen time is linked to, essentially every negative mental health right. outcome you have, um, <laughs> more anxiety, more eating yep. disorders, more depression, right? And so what social media is doing to all of our brains, not just our kids' brains, um, is, is, mm -hmm. is pretty radical. Um, you know, um, just the fact that just how quickly information gets its way to us. And so I was have a friend who's a elementary school teacher and and it's like, oh my gosh, like they're having conversation in elementary school about like global warming and like mm. climate change, the world possibly coming to an end and like <laughs> well shooting. And apparently there was an assassination in Iran. And like in third grade, it was like yeah. these things weren't on my radar at all. No. And because of, of social media, because of how news, how fast news travel, because of mm. kind of the sensationalism of our news networks and just like kind of putting so many things in your face. I think kids are a lot more aware of just what's happening on like a big picture scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, that's overwhelming, like global yes. warming, climate change is, is like a concern for me that like, right. like, <laughs> yes. what's gonna happen? I don't know. Yes. Um, especially living in San Diego, it's like, don't take my beautiful weather away. Uh, <laughs> but for, for, for a, a seventh grader, for an eighth grader, mm. for a ninth grader, whatever, they have to kind of make sense of all that and calm mm. themselves is a lot more. And then of course you have um, the tremendous pressure on kids to get into universities, to be yeah. competitive. 
academically, athletically mm-hmm. to, you know, it's like the list goes on and on and on right. trying to find your way puberty hormones. I mean, it's just a perfect storm of a lot of stuff. And so of yeah. course they respond with an anxiety, right? Yeah. Like of course that their bodies, their nervous systems response. Um, mm-hmm. It's not, it's not incongruent for them to have that response. It's actually perfectly congruent with mm. what the environment is feeding them. Interesting. That's interesting. What, where do you see that going with kids? Where, where do they take their anxiety? What are some of the outlets that you see both pro and con? Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I think that I'm glad you asked the pro side. I think the pro side is mental health awareness is just such a, it's just so much greater nowadays. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I actually did a speaking engagement at my old high school last mm. year. It was the most nerve-wracking speaking engagement yeah. I've ever given yeah. in my life. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've done that too. Large audiences, but going back to my old high school, I yes. was like, so image <laughs> um, It all comes back, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and, uh, and, but I, I, I really was just blown away about how, um, you know, I, I would talk about you know, the consequences of bullied. And I'm not saying it doesn't still happen and stuff, but um, it just seems like there, there really has been more of an acceptance that um, people have struggles in life. And, you know, I was born and raised in La Jolla and like one of the most image conscious mm-hmm. communities imaginable. Um, and, uh, and the reality that like, yeah, like depression is a thing, anxiety is a thing. It doesn't make you any less of a person. Mm-hmm. You should like, it's okay to talk about. Um, I, like I, I, I am blown away by the, by my clients who come to my office and seem to already have that understanding. I think that's mm-hmm. a really positive kind of trajectory in our society. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now, obviously in, you know, it, it may vary depending on the community, depending on the culture, yeah. whatever, but, but I think in large part, there is a really positive trajectory there. Um, I, you know, I think on the, on the negative side or, or the coping in unhealthy ways, um, you just see, you know, an increase in cutting, an increase in terms of suicide, substance abuse, um, you know, uh, isolation. Uh, mm. I think um, video game addiction, mm-hmm. um, screen time addiction. Just I think all those things are ways in which is like it's just an eject button out of anxiety. Just to yeah. get me out of this. I yeah. need to either out and be put into like a trance state, hmm. which is what technology addiction video game addiction is mm-hmm. um or i need to be able to control my pain which is what um which is what like cutting is mm-hmm. um and so i mean I, I you know sadly the list goes on in that case yeah um, resources i think are are there like never before as well which is nice so to get real like granular uh when you see a client and they're having a moment. <clears throat> I don't know what you, how you would say that. Um, different people use different phrases. A breakdown. Um, they can't kind of control themselves. Uh, what 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 do you do? How do you? Someone comes in. A student comes in, and they're just emoting a lot. They're feeling big things. They're or they're totally shut down. I don't know. How do? You, what do you do? Is there a, is there a framework that you think about? Is there steps that you've used? Um, how do you even be with them? Yeah. So I think like the craziest thing for a teenager, in my opinion, is when their environment is crazy, but no one is saying, hey, this is actually pretty crazy. Right. Mm. And so what we want to do first is always validate their experience. Mm -hmm. Like if, if they have a million different 
you know, academic pressures or social pressures, or, mm. you know, their family's going through a tough time. Maybe their, their parents aren't getting along, you know, or maybe they broke up with, you know, their yeah. boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Um, like it, what's craziest for them is if, is if people either just won't acknowledge how hard that must be for them or, um, give them a, a quick, you know, pep talk, you know, grit your teeth and get on with it. Right. Yeah. And so the, the metaphor that I, I like to tell parents is like, if your kid is a runaway horse, what we hmm. want to do is we want to meet them at that place and hmm. then slow them down. Right. Uh, and the yeah. way that we meet them at that place is we validate. It's like, yeah, this is really tough, hmm. isn't it? Like, like, like I like, and you can point out physiological symptoms like, like, yeah, when, you know, and let's just say, uh, let's just say, for example, they're freaking out about SAT prep or college mm-hmm. application. Mm-hmm. And you just want to say like, yeah, sometimes like your heart beats really fast and your brain really speeds and you start thinking mm-hmm. worst case scenario. Yeah. Oh, that's all totally normal. Like, huh. of course you're going to feel that way. Right. Like, and then you're seeing like, oh, what if my friends get into their first choice school and I don't get into my first choice school? Like, like that is totally normal for your, mm-hmm. for your situation. Of course you're going to freak out. I'm actually surprised you're not freaking out more. When I yeah. was your age, I freaked out right. even more than you. Right. You're actually really, impressive, That's really right? validating, yeah. Right. And then, like, once you meet them at that pace, like, then it's like, then we start slowing them down, right? And you say, hmm. like, well, you know what? Like, we can do this. And, like, you, we're going to take this one day at a time. Hmm. And, like, I'm going to be with you here every step of the way. And, like, look at that last essay you did. I read it. It was awesome. Like, hmm. you know, and, and so, so first we meet them with that and we validate their experience. And then with, through validation, and then we just start slowing them down through reassurance. Now, when you start to slow them down, they start kind of getting more, co- more coherent of their own thoughts, start huh. to articulate themselves better. And then that's, I, in my experience, what you get, that's, that's when kind of, um, we're able to kind of understand kind of the core of what their fear is, right? And yeah. oftentimes, it's like, you know, parents are like, kids so shut down, why aren't they talking to me? And it's like, that you're you're thinking that's you're making that statement with the assumption that they know how they're feeling right and they know and they're, they're making like, that choice consciously yeah right exactly like oftentimes it's like when 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 any of us are in a state of anxiety it's like communicating in a coherent way is difficult right yeah but when you're like when you're a teenager and you've got all these different variables in place it's like shutting down is like kind of feels like the safest thing to do mm-hmm. um and making sense of everything is really difficult and so mm-hmm the way we kind of calm their system down so they can make sense of their own experience is by first validating hmm. and then kind of naming the resources for them. Like I'm going to be with you every step of your mm. way. That's cool. You have your teachers, you have your friends. Like let's, let's remember, like we can take this one day at a time. Yeah. Like, kind of just hand them resources and remind them and ground them kind of in their reality. Last week, last week I noticed this thing. I'm, I'm, uh, all my son's friends follow me on Instagram and vice versa. My son doesn't have that, but they were doing this thing on Instagram stories where they were, I think it was like putting up two people's names, two people's names, two kids' names from their class, from their school. And then there's a whole bunch of questions, basically ranking them. Who has the better hair? Who has the better style? Who's the, who's funnier? Who would you rather marry? And so I, I watched, I don't know, probably 30 or 40 of these things and different kids were matched up different times. Then all these people would make these comments. And I was sharing that with my, I was just asking about that with my son the next day. And just saying to your point, like, that is so absurd that that happens. And that, that has always happened in middle school, high school. 
And we do that kind of subconsciously maybe, or we talk about people, but to actually literally have that on a screen that you can go and see and go and watch what do your peers actually think about you? And like from the external ego standpoint, just how painful right. that is. But what I noticed in myself was I was feeling a bunch of stuff too. So as the dad, yeah. as the parent, I all of a sudden, I'm doing a couple layers. God, I hope my son doesn't feel overwhelmed by this. I hope he doesn't. I'm, I'm feeling anxious for him and how he's going to respond when he sees these things because I can't hide them from him. And then I'm also kind of going through my own, it brings up stuff that I remember when I didn't feel like I was accepted or loved. So there's a whole nother layer that you're talking about. Um, so talk about that because you have maybe the, um, even from a, like a attendance lady at a school, attendance person at a school and there's students coming up. She's got stuff going on as a student has having big feelings. And that could be from as simple as like, you're taking my time. I was trying to do some other task and now you're making me talk to you for the next two minutes. I'm irritated, but we all carry in with us. So how do we, how do you even kind of address that, the stuff that's going on inside us? Well, first I'll say that's a perfect example of what I was referencing at first of <laughs> teenagers not abiding by the same social constructs. Like yes. if we're honest, we are all in one giant Instagram game of like totally. social higher yeah, yeah, yeah. adults, right? Just <laughs> like it just that. isn't as it's just not it's just a little bit more subtle than that. That's right. right. They're just yep. who's there, you know? And yeah. So I think um so <laughs> you're right, that's what we maybe, do. Yeah. Who's richer? Maybe who's more, more involved, but better vacations. But, <laughs> <laughs> um well, yeah, you know, I think one of my favorite authors, Rob Bell, says 90% of parenting is managing your own anxiety. Mm. And I think it's the same of, you know, whether it's whenever you're interacting with a young person, um, we're going to have, as therapists, we call it countertransference, which is basically mm. our reaction to what our client's experiencing. Mm. So, you know, oh my gosh, if I was in that situation, they would feel this way. Or yeah. if I was with this person, oh, this person, or this person reminds me of what I went through when I was mm. a kid, or this yep. client brother who can be a jerk whatever it's our own reaction right and so as parents as teachers as administrators as um, staff members like we're going to have our own reactions to kids like it'd be nice if we can have a, a wonderful objective removed yes neutral you know, yeah neutral base where we can just mm -hmm. observe and not actually attach but of course all that stuff is coming mm -hmm. and so what we want to do is we don't want to just in, entirely discredit that because that can really be a bridge to empathy in a lot of ways, mm. right? If I was in a situation, here's how to respond, or I was in a situation similar to that, and here's how I did respond, right? What, but so, but what we need to do is we always we need to come back to who the main character is, and the main character in that case would be your son, right? Mm. Yep. It's not it's not you, right? So yes. if it was yep. you, then it's like we're panicking and we're we're yep. making you know responding <laughs> out of pain or own trauma. And it's like, how is my son experiencing this? Like, yeah, you know, versus uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take him shopping tomorrow. Get him fresher duds, and let's go get him a haircut, and let's make sure he doesn't have that experience. <laughs> he has to win this competition. That's right. Yeah. That's oh, now I know what this game is. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not empathy and don't participate, and everyone belongs. It's you must win. Right? That's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's um, yeah. I, so I, I think just kind of being aware of your own your own stuff and and you know it's it's hmm. it's so classic and it's 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 so cliche and so classic i'm 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 almost surprised when it happens to my clients and yet i'm almost not surprised because it happens so often of parents pushing their own agenda on their kids hmm. whether it's athletically yeah. whether it's academically whether it's socially right like it's like i i had to be the best so you have to be the rest and there's this kind yep. of 
vicarious enmeshment that happens, right? Mm -hmm. yep. And so I think it's like, like managing your own anxiety is owning your own stuff. It's, mm. it's recognizing, okay, this is really anxious for me. I'm curious whether this is anxiety inducing for my son. Mm. Um, I'm not going to necessarily assume that. I'm just going to be curious about that, right? And yep. and and that and you know there are some cases there are there are some cases where you can ask your son like you know is this does this bother you and they may say no and maybe it does or you know I'm not saying you're always going to get an accurate kind of portrayal of their internal experience yeah. from the high yeah. from the teenager, um, but I think just I think owning your own stuff, realizing when you're having a big reaction, I can guarantee like you know when you're at that eight out of 10, you know, activation scale, like almost nothing ever productive happens when we're right. at that, when it's right. that place, right? Yes. And so, yeah. so yeah. it's like- And to that point, not, kids are very irritating when they're activated, when they're at eight to 10, whether it is they're throwing a tantrum, whatever that looks like for them, throwing a fit, saying, uh, I know having teenagers myself, um, they'll just get mean. They'll get mean. Yeah. Or I think of uh, our youngest, she's six. She's just literally tantrums or sulking. And even then causes some anxiety and, and me or as a lot of other parents or adults do like, why are you, what, what's wrong with you? Why don't you? And, they, and then it's so tempting to start poking. I love what you said, that, that sense of uh, being curious. It's, there's a, some neutrality to that. Just kind of flipping that switch to say, okay, let, let me be curious right now. I wonder why he might be acting this way. I wonder what's going on with me there's i don't know it's, you can almost objectively look a little bit uh, uh and pause maybe a few more seconds before you react in a really unhelpful unproductive way yeah i mean and i would say not just a few seconds i mean like i mean obviously there's the immediacy we want to we want to address what needs to be addressed in the yeah. immediate term but but even even coming back around to a conversation when we're at a lower activation level right when we're mm -hmm. we're kind of mellow, like, hey, i wanted to follow up on that conversation that we have right like mm -hmm. no one's going in and I think a lot of times there can be an immediacy, a sense that this is this conversation needs to happen now. Yeah. Um, and I think you know that's one of the benefits I have as a therapist of like when parents like I've been trying to get this this through to them for months, and you know and right. now all of a sudden they kind of have this epiphany. It's like, well, I also have the benefit of like they're coming to my office kind of mellow, and then we get to revisit these things. You're trying to address these things in the moment when yes. both of your intensities yeah. are really high. Mm -hmm. They're defensive. You're mm -hmm. you're frustrated, mm -hmm. and it's like. Well, that's going to go well, right? So, you know, I, you know, I do kind of have an unfair advantage in that. Yes. Well, thank God for people like you, which is I, whether as you're, as you're listening, whether um, as, a, as a parent, you have the, the means or the resources to send your kid to therapists, to therapy. Uh, so I know there's a kind of an emerging industry in life coaching, life coaching for teens. Some people call that, call what we do in some version of that, uh, or close mentors, adults. So having other adults involved in your kids' lives, it's actually something you can do. It's, uh, you can insert, uh, as long as they're still in the house, you can, you can organize, you can arrange adults to be around. You can let the adults know in your life, I want you to be involved in my kid. I want you to ask them questions. You can invite them to do that. Um, yeah. but, but to specifically have support from someone who's licensed, trained, has a framework, knows how to diagnose, knows how to walk alongside kids like you. Um, to, just to kind of wrap this up a little bit, Matt, um, maybe you can speak to a couple things. One, 
if I'm a parent or, or someone working in school, what, what are the reasons I ought to consider getting my kid or that kid connected to a therapist? And then secondly, how do they, how would they specifically connect with you? Yeah. You know, I think if, if you notice any, um, uh, coping mechanisms that are destructive in a way that you feel like there can be some serious harm that it's being doing done to my kid. So if you mm -hmm. notice they're cutting a lot, mm -hmm. you know, I would say that's a mental health issue, right? If they're, yep. um, you know, smoking weed, um, you know, daily, you know, or, or just, they just, they, they, you give them consequence after consequence after mm -hmm. consequence and they're still smoking or they're still drinking. It's like, you know, that, mm -hmm. that, that is a mental health issue. If they're acting out violently, um, uh, in excess, you know, of course, you know, like for, for young boys, they're kind of figuring out their bodies and there can be some, mm -hmm. but it really in excess. Um, and I think that could be a mental health issue. Um, and if, you know, if you're just, if, if, if you notice that they're, um, depressed in a way that they're just sleeping all the time or they're avoiding social uh, socializing or mm. um, you know they or if there's a difficult life transition I mean they're a, a divorce a really difficult breakup on their end I, I can't tell you how often parents kind of dismiss um, mm -hmm. breakups puppy love and what I try to say is yeah it is puppy love but your kid's a puppy and puppy love mm. is for the puppies so <laughs> them, and it's like when you had your breakup at 25, it's a lot, it's a lot different than a breakup at 15 when the yeah. entire school knows and who's yeah. going to sit next to it at lunch and all that stuff. Right. It can be really difficult. And so mm. I think those are just some, some, some big reasons. And, you know, I'll just say I, I love what you said about um, having kind of some other adults around them to be good influences because mm -hmm. in kind of natural teenage development, adolescent development, it is a hey, mom and dad, this is where you stop and I begin and I'm mm -hmm. going to differentiate you and be yep. my own person. And that's yep. a healthy, normal, yep. great development. That's disruptive. Fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is very disruptive and it's mm -hmm. frustrating when they just go into the room or you ask them how school mm -hmm. is and they say, fine, they don't want to talk. That's, 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 yeah. like, it's, it would be frustrating. And so that is the time where it is good to have those kind of, whether it's a, a life coach or a mentor or <clears throat> uncle and aunt, a therapist, whatever. <laughs> kind of come alongside and walk alongside your kids so mm. um, yeah. how can they get connected with you and what you're up to yeah so i'm actually going through a big transition in my own life um mm. i was at a wonderful private practice called soul care hair soul care house mm -hmm. for the last three and a half years um, i'm tr transitioning out of that and so you can email me at matt at mattbishoptherapy.com um, the website will be mattbishoptherapy.com eventually, yep. not yep. up right now, a although weeks. maybe by the time this is uploaded, it will be up. Yeah. So um, you can always look me up there at some point. And we'll have that in the show notes. And um, also for those of you listening who work in schools, professional development is a big deal. And Matt's a part of the U School team um, broadly to come in and bring great tools and uh, experiences to educate and equip adults how to do this kind of work well like the whole thing we're trying to do with youth schools create environments cultures inside schools where where the natural result is kids uh can construct meaningful lives for themselves and as much as anxiety is creeping in it has crept in to the normal school day uh we need adults we need more and more tools more equipment more framework more chances to learn about how do we care for kids well because all this is for the sake of kids that they might be able to uh 
design and construct great lives for themselves. That's why we're in this game. So uh, thank you, Matt. Thanks for being a part of the, the Broad School team. Congrats on the, the transition. And uh, we're going to be sending people, there's so many broken people, myself included, we're going to be sending people to you <laughs> for years to come. And thanks for all the work that you do to care for kids and support families. Hey, back at you, man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for joining in on the U-School podcast. We'd love to share with you the resources available on our website at theuschool.com. Not just articles, eBooks, worksheets, and other podcast episodes, but specifically, you should know about a free course we have available called the Real Me Course. It's digital, it's interactive, and it'll guide you to get clear about who you are and the great story you could tell with your life. So go register for a free account and get started on the Real Me course today at theuschool.com. That's theuschool.com.